Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. On a journey of actually studying this stuff, and this is, uh, in this part of it, it's more of a teaching this morning, much more than a, a preaching, so... If you need to take snapshots of the slide or want to or don't want to, um, it's this because it's about how we make choices to figure out what we're going to do with our life. Remember, you'll have to connect this to what, what the previous teachings were about. Uh, it's, it's finding that place where our identity is secure and then finding the place where we're going to have impact or uh, influence in the lives of other people because that's one of the primary things that gives us deep satisfaction with our life. Our life counts, uh, if you will. But the other thing is not only does it count, but it has a purpose. The, the The saddest people on earth are the ones where their purpose is It was either stolen from them or they gave it away. I don't know if you've ever done any form of prison ministry or anything. And when you move aside all the compassion stuff that goes with that and and get involved in that, those men and women are hurt so deeply. And it's the hurt of this. They know, they did the thing that it talks about in Lamentations 1, which is a hard book, Lament. You know, it's one huge lament written by Jeremiah, and it's a lament over both Jerusalem and Israel. And he says right in the first chapter, he, he says one of God's judgments, if you will, about Jerusalem was that she didn't consider her destiny. And so the enemy came in like a flood. Because you didn't think about that. So when you do prison ministry, their destiny, their calling, their hope in life, what they're going to actually do and accomplish with their life is gone. You're in a prison. The cell door slams. There's no, there, I, I don't, has anybody done like gone on prison visitation and done that? There's no more deafening sound than that door going uh, wham and shutting and uh, you know you just I can't imagine that because it's like you, you don't get to what are you going to plan for you're going to eat the same mashed potatoes that you've eaten for weeks tomorrow you know it's just like it gets taken from you we don't have that so this is really important so here's the thing that I've found in helping people identify and walk through this is one of the things that seems to detract or make us unhappy or steals away from us, and that can happen when you're 12, can happen when you're 72, is the choices we make. How do you make good choices? How important is a little choice? Huge. Think through even all the stuff that happened this morning. Think through one small choice that you made that you just went, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And it changed the course of life for you. Uh, okay, I'll go visit Arizona. And you found the love of your life. One small choice. One small choice. And then, then it can be in the negative too. I dated that guy. 
and, and now there's a graveyard story. It's that choice. And then, uh, anybody ever been disappointed with their choices? Aren't you glad for the grace of God and that we all didn't, uh, we all didn't reap what we sowed through our choices? You know, they, I've heard so many teachings. You're going to reap exactly what you sow. I didn't. I sowed really stupid stuff, and instead God went, I really like him, and I'm going to pluck him out of that situation and pull him out. Does he do that with everybody? I don't know, but I know he did with me. And he's helped me with understanding choices. And what's going to determine what I will do with my life, and I, I want to speak to our young people this morning, those are set up by little choices that you're making today. Each choice adds another choice. It adds, that's why I put it choices, choices, choices. Um, the friends. So I think back to my junior high years, and uh, you'll laugh at this, but I got pulled into a group of guys that I either had to be with the stoners, the greasers, or the athletes. And I fancied myself a semi, you know, a somewhat wanting to be a, a pseudo intellectual hippie jock. <laughs> you know, I wanted to play basketball, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to follow the rules. I still wanted to smoke, you know, cigarettes and play basketball. And I loved hanging out with my greaser friends. You know, the greasers were the guys that went got in fights on Friday. You know. For Saturday, Saturday, and they did drag racing at night, and they wore their hair in a ducktail and went around and picked on people. So I fancied myself that for a while. I couldn't find myself for nothing. It was like searching in a brown paper bag. It's just all I could do was hit the edges of the bag and not figure it out. But I decided something, and I went after about the third time of getting my face punched. I went, I don't like this. This is not a good choice for me. I really learned it by the time I was 22 and had to have plastic surgery. So it just, I just wasn't meant to be a fighter, you know? Uh, half of them I won and half of them I lost. So who lost? Me and my stupid choices. I ain't going to put up with any of that. Oh, really? Why don't you just walk away? So uh, Henry Ward Beecher, and uh, it was quite a controversial uh, 19th century preacher. Uh, he was an, an American Congregationalist clergyman, social reformer, uh, spoke a lot uh, regarding abolition, and uh, especially he got very involved in the abolition of slavery movement in America, and through it was always emphasizing God's love and everything. And then he fell into adultery and actually had a trial over it. So he had this great, incredible things going on that were helping people and this awfulness in his life. And in the midst of all of that, this is what he said. God asks no man whether he will accept life. You just get born. That is not the choice. You must take it the only choice is how. And it's that how that's really important. 
the, because the hows make up the little choices that make up the big choice. Which people you decide to hang out with. What you noticed about yourself. What others know, noticed about you. Choice is one of the greatest freedoms that we have. You know, and that's why, that's why I was doing the, the Leonard Cohen thing, you know. I felt like at a transition in my life 20 years ago and I was working with somebody I didn't want to work with anymore. I didn't like the direction of it. Every one of my choices were being challenged. And I really was singing, sentence me to 20 years of boredom. You know, I was going, I don't, I can't do this. I am not going to do it this way. This is not how God called me. And so I had to make some really tough choices really difficult ones uh, and and choices cause us to go through and this is what one of the things that we don't like about it our choices cause us to go through some of the hardest things in our life some of the best things but oh man some of the hardest things I know an older woman who was once a young girl <laughs> And she started dating this guy in high school that was the worst thing that could have ever happened to her because she was this sweet little girl that loved Jesus, knew him from the time she was four years old, did scripture memory, did all kinds of stuff. And she dated this knucklehead who just stole everything out of her life just because she was mad, just because she was angry. At parents, life situations, you get in your teen years and you want to break away. And you do that. And those choices led up for a whole series of hurts that you have to work through in all your life. Those little choices that we make. Man, how many did you make? Huh. Well, that'll be a short novel. It's, it's, it takes us through that, how we do it. Um, Here's some of the most important choices we make. And here's funny. We start making these when we're in grade school. Look at this. To accept God's plan and trust in his salvation, our very belief system. Many of you accepted Jesus when you were four years old. That's just as a significant, important testimony as somebody who lived a hellish life and didn't accept his plan of salvation until they were already adults and laid in life. It's just as significant. Why? Because the choice was the same. To receive God's plan for his salvation and our belief system. To walk in trust, which... That's really what obedience is, is trusting God. And what to do when you don't walk in trust. Uh, that's what I loved about uh, watching The Chosen, the latest episode. Because it showed what happened when someone couldn't do it and walked away. And, and their way back into the heart of the Lord and, and found out it didn't change his heart at all. He was there forgiving. And when he said, I can't do this, he went, yeah, I know. He knows you can't do it, but he'll help you along the way. How much you want to learn. I have a horrible statistic for you. Someplace around 80% of most adults have blocked learning. 
about 80% of adults. Is that me? I don't know. Did you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again in your choices? Did you notice a pattern? If the pattern's there, you probably have some block learning. It doesn't make you bad or stupid. It's just there's a learning, there's something that is blocking your ability to go, this is going to hurt me. I should not do this. Uh, it's, it's visiting Bob Newhart's routines over and over and over again when he played the psychologist. You know, he says, I can, I can help you. Stop it. <laughs> Quit doing that. How much do we want to learn? How will we respond in the development of our character? Character is gained through choices. You, you choose to accept God's plan and you go, I'm going to align myself with what the right value is, not because I want to or like to, I'm just going to do it. That's called trust. What you will value. You start noticing, I can, if you would tell me what you did do in your free time, I can tell you what you value. That's where your core values are. Uh, then the bigger thing, what we want to do, also called our purpose, uh, or our accomplishment, or uh, Christians love this little term, destiny. Um, and destiny has a strange ring to it. <laughs> yeah, look at this. Your choices will determine your attitude in life. How you work with a boss. How you work as a boss. Various things about your, your attitudes all come out. And then here's the other thing that choices decide. How you're going to value others. Today's attitude is call them a dirty name and walk away. I mean, it's everybody from quarterbacks to, uh, you know, his name it. it, it it's how we... It's how we take our values if we don't see how the value of how we treat others, we don't understand our own values. It's, it's, the thing, it's all the social questions that are coming up right now of what we will accept, what we won't accept, but not just that, how we accept somebody else, the manner in which we do it. Those all come from a whole series of choices. So, I tend to use movies when I, when I preach a little bit, but think back to the, one of the famous of this generation, Star Wars, and Yoda dealing with young Luke. And having him face his choices and decide. You remember the pit when he's on Dagobah? He, okay. And he's, and he's hanging out with Yoda and he's doing the training and he's not doing real well. And then there's the cave experience. And he and Yoda have the little conversation and he, and he tells Yoda, I'm not afraid of that. And Yoda's, you will be. You will be. And he goes down there. Who's he find? Sort of. When he whops his head off, who's under the helmet? He is. It's his face. 
It's his family. It's his dark father. It's, it's what he had to go through. That choice was frightening to him. And he didn't understand it. We make choices and they can be frightening to us and not understand. So there, this, this whole thing about, I do, it's not about, and this is what I've seen. So this is so you don't get sentenced to 20 years of boredom. Uh, it's not about having a vision or a destiny laid out for your life. Some people get incredible things in their values and everything and and can immediately make a vision out of it. But I'm telling you, most people, it's not about vision. It's about core values. Because your core values will determine your choices. So, here's the teaching part. If you can identify your core values, you're going to make better choices. And if you can identify your core values, you're going to stop making poor choices for your life. Does this make sense? Um, This is what core values are. Core values, so you got to think think of a core that's the most inner part of your being. There are values that we believe in our hearts to be true. Your core values can be wrong, but you believe they're true. They can be a lie, and you can live out of it. It can be really damaging, or they can be the truth and lead you into good choice making. They may not all be conscious, but they're really reflected in your passions and your drives, and we'll get at more of this later. Head values. Those are values that we've knowledge of or have been learned through education and culture. Um, society and the leaders of society are always trying to generate values. Read the newspapers today. They are not trying to control you, they're trying to control the values because if they can control the values, then they will control you. They can't control me. They can't. I live in freedom. Jesus came and set me free. They can't control me, but they can start controlling the things I can do and not do through values. And so they're doing values clarification today according to their values, not according to yours. So you have to identify what are yours. You can look at what theirs are and let it affect you, But if you just use head knowledge and looking at theirs and you don't know what yours are, you're not considering what Lamentation says. You're not considering your destiny. So the the book of Proverbs especially is written in this, but there's there's a whole deep philosophy underwriting the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, and it's a fun Hebrew word to say. It's called the achrit. Makes you just feel so good to say it that way. Well, the achrit is is a one word, Hebrew word, that means the end of the matter. So it works like that. It gets you to look at values and how to decide and what to make choices over. So it says stuff like this. Now listen to this. The man who commits adultery destroys his soul. 
It's seeing all the way through the end of the matter. Starts out with flirting in the office with the secretary. He's fine, innocent. Remember we talked about flirting last week. You go through that, but see what happens with that pretty soon he starts losing control, his will. Because it says, destroys his soul. Soul is mind, emotion, and will. His mind starting gets distorted. He starts listening to lies. He starts believing the things that he's starting to tell himself and maybe that this other person is telling him that he can really find value in this. And there's a whole series of little choices that end up in what's it do? He will leave his family. He'll lose his willpower. He'll lose his mind, his ability to think correctly. And he'll lose his ability to feel. And he'll say things like, well, I thought I was in love, but I really wasn't until I found that's a lie. You'll start lying to yourself. So that's the end of the matter. You see these things in it because then it goes to the next one, your behaviors. Your behaviors reveal your values to others. Not always. There's some behaviors that you have that don't reveal your true heart values. And I'll explain what that is and your core values. This is so important. If you're at any stage of either going through a transition or going through decisions, uh, deciding who you're going to hang with for something as simple as that, to where are you going to shop in the city? What products are you going to buy? You want to know right choices? Make an assessment of your values, especially your core values. Three sources for core values are your life experiences, self-interests, and beliefs that we've been taught and accept. Um, This is why the freedom of the message of the gospel of grace is so deeply important. Because if I accept, just think of one scripture. Here's Paul saying to you, you're accepted in the beloved. There's no qualifiers. There's no, if you do this, you're accepted. Or if you make these choices, you're accepted in the beloved. If I live out of that, if I start making choices out of God accepts me, I'm loved. Matter of fact, I'm as loved as Lloyd is. He's always telling me God loves him. When you make that choice, it's going to determine a whole lot of other things determines your acceptance of truth, risks that you take. If you don't have any understanding of faith, you're lying to yourself. Huh? Because the Bible says this, to each person a measure of faith has been given. Each one of us has a measure. I don't have as much faith as that person. It's not about comparison. You have faith. What you decide, and, uh, you know, old Scottish preacher, uh, Joe Ewan, used to say it this way. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. <laughs> you take a risk. You step out. It's scary. It's really scary to get to the edge of the cliff and there's no... And the Lord says, step. And you're going, 
But if your core belief is that God's good and He's always there and He's accepted you, guess what you'll do? Did you ever fall? Of course. But He had a parachute for me that I didn't know existed. It's usually called the body of Christ. Your goals, your dreams, your vision, how you resolve problems and conflicts, your direction for life. Look how many things choice affects and heart values affect. Relationships, understanding of unity, interpretation of your very life experiences, understanding of self. These are so vastly important. Uh, uh, I'll close a little bit with this one, but I want... So most of you know my life story and, and understand that. And I had a horrible relationship with an alcoholic, abusive father. And um, when I was 19, he committed suicide. But I hadn't really talked to him from 17 to 19. So I had like 17 years with the guy. And years later, and you go, all the choices that were made. And how I navigated through life. Don't want to be like the old man. Don't want to, didn't want to, not going to. uh. And it affected all of my choices that I was making. And then later, years, years later, and I'm a 60 year old man, late 50s and into my early 60s. And And I had a relationship get right with my oldest brother who is almost 12 years older than I am. He's gone to heaven now. But something in me said to him, hey, all my experiences and all my understanding regarding my dad was through the eyes of a child. I was just a kid. Everything he did irritated me, hurt me, and didn't like anything about it. Matter of fact, I hated it. Hated him. And I said, you you knew him as an adult. What was he like? We were in a boat. He put down his fishing pole. He said, you really want to know? And I said, I want to know what you think. You had an adult relationship with him. What was he like? And man, three to four hours later, sitting in the same spot, and him explaining to me what he thought my dad was like. And it didn't, he didn't paint a rosy picture, but he painted a picture that was so much different than the one that was embedded that was affecting my values and the choices that I had made. I went, whoa. And then that scripture from 1 Corinthians, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. When I became adult, I put away childish things. Man, it was just like it thundered into into my core values. And I went, wow. All the times I'd gone up to get healing, had people pray for me, tell me the different things I needed to do to get right. All, all that and some people being very well-meaning and trying to help me and then other people telling me, oh, you have the spirit of the Father on you and I'm going, oh. 
how do you even see that? I have a spirit of a beat up little kid. You have no idea. But they, they were seeing a destiny. They were seeing something that God had worked in me that I couldn't see. Do you have that? So I put away the childish things. I put away the little boy, hurt as he was. Put him away and I went. And here's a guy who was handicapped. He was hairlip, didn't talk right, had a strange voice. People didn't understand him. He was humiliated, embarrassed. Of course he didn't go to any basketball game. Be in front of a crowd of people who weren't drunk, who wouldn't accept him and shunned him. But I couldn't see it before. I had to see it through the eyes of my brother who knew him as an adult. He wasn't not going to stuff because he didn't like me. He, wasn't not, he was not going to stuff because he didn't like him. Newsflash, Lloyd. Your choices, buddy, don't do it that way. Embrace maturity. Listen, you teenagers, you can start break, you can be wise beyond your years, just like Jesus was, just through choices that you make. To trust God, listen to your parents. You don't have to agree with everything they say. Don't throw things at me, parents. But it doesn't mean that you should rebel against it and reject it. It means you hold it openly in your hand like this and go, huh, huh. You see, when we clench our fist, now our choice can only do one thing. A, a clenched fist does, I grew up this way, does one thing. It intimidates and hurts other people. Whether you actually do it or don't. So if I can just take this and say, oh God, give me the grace to open my hand and see. Look again. Discover. And we'll look next week. I'll give you some, even some tools if you want. Discover, rediscover who you are in God. Rediscover your values and your choices. Instead of living in regret over the choices you made, guess what? You can unblock the learning and now start making different choices. You don't understand. Here's for the two old guys in the church. You don't understand. I ain't going to change. Yes, you will. You're going to go through a huge change. You're going to put this off. <laughs> and when you see him, you'll be like him. <laughs> We're all going to do that. Capiche? We're all going to We're all going to do that. Don't let choices you're making block what God has for you in your life. That's the one that I've seen that hurts people, men and women, over and over and over again. And this isn't to offend or hurt anybody, but it's, like, it's just like the, the pain of going through a divorce. Some people can escape this, and thank God they escaped that first marriage. <laughs> and, uh, and the turmoil that happens with that. But the statistics are... 50% of people marry somebody that just like they were married to in their second marriage. 50%. And marry the exact same person over again. 
Don't do that. Don't do that. We, we make choices. You can, you can make choices. This is one of the things that I found in my heart. And I didn't understand it way back then. And I'll close with this. Would you reawaken your heart to learning? Because that fathering thing that people saw, it wasn't a fathering thing. This is what it was. When I was a young Christian, I'd only been saved for about a year. And the church was doing this thing on life verses. And so I had my back against this old pump out at the kennels. I was still in the Air Force and was a dog handler. And I was going, Lord! I didn't hardly understand the Bible. It was like reading math equations to me I said would you give me a life verse you know and I wanted to yay you shall go to the nations my son and you're going to have this great destiny and the Holy Spirit just whispered Psalm 90 verse 12 he could have said Genesis 3 I didn't know where any of it was so I had to look up and the verse was this, so cause me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Clear back then, he was speaking, he said, hey, you're going to get better at this. You're going to make some choices that are phenomenal. You're going to make some really dumb mistakes. You're going to do them both. But if you keep your heart open, you're going to gain wisdom. Well, that sent me on a journey, and I found out I couldn't figure out why my German parents named me two Welsh names, two Celtic names, Lloyd Arthur. And I was like, "Where did they, what did you go? What were you guys thinking? They gave us the worst names possible. My sister was Delilah. If that's your name, I'm sorry, but I mean, it's just not a very good image of what you want to, you know. My oldest brother was Roger. How was that German? I would have been rather called Fritz, you know. Marvin. And then take the littlest one and hold a baby and say, Lloyd. <laughs> you know what Lloyd means? Gray. Wisdom. When I saw that, I went, I have a purpose! I have a destiny. I will be wise one day. By the way, the other one means bear. So I'm an old gray bear, so be careful. God has a purpose for your life. And the way you discover it is by little choices that you make. Even when you're 55, 40, 30, 20, 10. Seven-year-old can choose to make a choice over attitude. Exchange a bad attitude for a good one. That's one of the harder choices we ever have, isn't it? You guys get bad attitudes? I can still get a bad attitude. And we pray for our hearts. Listen, your destiny's not lost. 
Your destiny is Christ in you. You don't have to find your destiny. He is your destiny. You don't have to make one happen. You're his destiny on the earth. What an incredible thought. Lord, I pray for our hearts, over our choices, the little things, how we do them, why we do them. Lord, it's scary to look at that stuff. I pray for courage to come into every young heart, every young adult heart, every adult heart, every older heart, that courage would come in to let you re-explore and get in there. Reveal to us patterns that have been self-destructive and stupid. I made so many stupid mistakes. Then you led me to make some really good ones. And those far outweighed the stupid ones. Help our hearts in this. I pray that you would minister grace unto each person. That they would be able to see the distance ahead. That they would know the end of the matter. And that they'd be able to set really good lifestyle choices. Really good ones that don't hurt themselves and hurt others. Show them you're there. I pray Ephesians 1. Let the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. That they could see that you're there. Do that for us this week again. And we will praise you. In Jesus' name. Springs of living water, He will shepherd.
anybody's feelings with the names sorry it was my own family stuff so there's nothing wrong with any of those names so I just realized there would be other people listening to this besides you no there's wisdom <laughs> own it before it hurts somebody now may the Lord bless you and keep you Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Bless you. Love on each other as you go.